0: So you are saying February is a rough month. What makes it rough?
1: February is a very rough month for me. Um, I lost my dad in a tragic accident, February twelfth, uh, two years ago, and it's been it's been tough. Like, I try and I try and do my best to uh, you know go forward and and stuff like that. But it keeps like that month. It just I'm kind of in the gutter for a long time and my problem is like I probably should seek help and but I'm just stubborn and old school which is not smart in any way it's not good to suffer like that but I'm sooner or later I'm going to have to reach out for some help so and it kind of like this it, like this year it was actually harder than than the first year and I don't know what it was it was just it was more painful and it just kind of drug it just went into the into March and April,
0: so. Was oh, so it leached into? Yeah,
1: yeah, it did. Yeah. How'd you get out of it? Um, well, uh, I called up my brother, and because he, he deals with the same thing too, and he basically told me to like just the old school way, man. He told me he's like, hey, man, like just start taking cold showers. Uh, like, let's hop up on vitamin D, B, and all that. All oh, get all your vitamins in order. Let's get out. Let's get out walking. Let's get out doing, you know, like let's get the body moving and stuff like that. So you can stop, I guess, reminiscing and thinking of, you know, February. Yeah. You're kind of stacking things to set up your house for success. Right. Yeah. How'd that work? Oh, uh, it, it worked. The The problem is, is like you, you got to keep up with that. Cause if you don't, you can just fall right back into the hole. So it's a, it's a constant battle to keep up with that and to stay in the right positive mind because if you don't yeah you just you slip right back into it
0: so it's an everyday thing
1: yeah basically yeah as like i mean as we as we get out of the winter you know if, uh, i think our moods change too right you know the like the winter's kind of very depressing so it doesn't doesn't help
0: yeah february so. is already depressing yeah yeah it's I cold get it's miserable it's dark <laughs> so yeah yeah. So how does the cold impact what you do for work? Oh my God. Um, well, when it's I,
1: like, I work outside, but I don't want to tell you that I'm like, I'm outside for eight to 10 hours of the day. Cause that's not, I'm not, if we have like, if it's super cold out, minus 25, minus 30. If we have like an emergency, we're basically working outside for an hour and a half, two hours at the max but we're, we're allowed to go and warm up in the truck and stuff like that. But it's, I don't know. I guess like when you, when you're inside all the time, like, yeah, that, that's the hardest part is like getting outside. And then when you go to work, you gotta, you gotta be outside, but you don't want to, but I don't know. You just got to make it work, I guess. Oh, so do you flip that switch or how do you pump yourself up? Just really warm. (laughs) spend the money on expensive clothes because if you don't you're gonna freeze oh really yeah you gotta like the suit i bought was like it was like 700 bucks but like the best 700 bucks i've ever spent yeah if if you're working outside you gotta spend the money oh absolutely yeah so what makes the suit so good well it was i bought it like factory workwear it's fr so fire retardant so i don't have to wear like the vest because we have to wear like high-vis vest but that was already built in And then it's, I don't know, it's, it's just a really warm coat, like uh, overalls and, and jacket. And yeah, like, so when I'm, when I'm outside, I'm not like immediately freezing. It's just like when you're outside for kind of long periods of time. And if you're not moving type thing.
0: So then it makes it so you don't have to wear an extra layer of yeah, like
1: Well, some guys will, it'll be the middle of January and they're wearing two sweaters and like, you know, (sighs) like, um, long johns under jeans that doesn't cut it.
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. You're not preparing for success. No. I gotcha. So what's an emergency where you'd have to go to?
1: So an emergency would be like a broken rail. So um, there'll be like, there's like an electrical current running through the main line and the RTC, the Railroad Traffic Control Center. They know if there's been, the the current won't pass. So somebody has to go check that out. It'll be one of us. It'll, it could be a, a signal maintainer. And if the, like if the track's busted that's like an emergency right the trains can't cross we gotta we gotta go out there we gotta grab a rail install it and uh so we can get traffic moving but yeah oh. that, that would be considered an emergency so there's current running through both of the rails or how yeah do- so the main line so what we have in like in Saskatoon here yeah there there's like an electric current running through and then like the RTC they can tell like they can tell like if you put your tr- uh, truck on track, they can they know.
0: Do they know the location?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
0: Real so they can tell the location down to what? How what's the accuracy on this?
1: Oh, uh, the mile points. So, uh, on the main line, we have CTC, so signal to signal, which is also it's also like can, it's a it's a mile board. So, yeah, they know exactly where you are. They know uh they they control all the switches from Edmonton. They just press a button, and they and they line trains.
0: Oh, so they're all in Edmonton doing this? Yeah.
1: Yeah. So this is the-, the that's that's the that's the main line. Like you, you do have hand throw switches, but that's like more in yards, and then you'll have dual hand throw. So you'll have a le- like R T C throw it, but you can you can overthrow the switch so you can throw it, but you got to get permission oh, from R T C. Yeah. Okay. What makes it a main line? Heavy traffic. That's like your main artery of like C N. That's where I work for that's where they're transporting like the most goods like your walmart trains your uh oil trains
0: oh so these are the ones that are going all across canada all across canada so that's what a main line would be
1: yeah and then your branch lines well we, we have a branch line that runs through like warman it's usually smaller steel it's not as uh it's not as much traffic
0: okay so what's smaller steel
1: smaller steel so on the main line you'll have 136 pound steel so 136 pounds the way they gauge that. Is every for every three feet of the rail is 136 pounds, and then on the branch line you'll have between 115 or 100 pound steel, and it's it's much smaller, it's smaller plates, smaller uh, smaller rail, smaller uh, switch stands, everything.
0: So what's a smaller rail?
1: Smaller rail, so you yeah, so I, your smallest rail of what we run with now is just 100 pound, and usually usually branch lines they're not all welded up it's just uh it's just jointed track it's just like bars and bolts and then you'll have a joint that's not welded whereas the main line is is everything's welded
0: so with the branch line it's just butted up together
1: yeah yeah with bars and bolts you'll you'll have that on the main line but there's like that's it will get welded up eventually, like, because okay. they don't want uh, joints and track for the main line. So what makes it
0: so the main line has to be so much more durable?
1: You'll get, like, a, a Walmart train, right? Like, that's, like, double stacked, sometimes 236 cars long. And, like, if you have a joint that's not welded, each wheel of the train is, like, an anvil hitting that thing. And it's hitting it at, like, you know what I mean, like, 60 mile an hour a lot of times. And, like, that can that can mushroom and batter out, and that causes a defect itself, uh, like those got to get welded up kind of as soon as they can like that they, they have a certain date to where they can stay in track oh how long do they last without them welding mm, depends on the location but i don't know two or three months they can get very battered out to where you'd have to change it again okay yeah
0: so you were saying the walmart line it has so walmart will buy 236
1: carts yeah walmart trains so those those trains those are like those double stacked container container trains, we, we call them Walmart trains. Nothing is supposed to stop those trains because it's like supply and demand. They have to make it to destination on time. So if you have an emergency and it stops that train, you better get that fixed as quick as you can.
0: So the Walmart train is top priority. Yes. And when you say Walmart, you mean Walmart, the store, it's like not just a nickname. Yeah. It's kind of like a nickname. It,
1: it's cause it's the, the train for all like the grocery stores and stuff like that. Like that has to be you know what I mean? Like oh, that yeah, has the, to be the
0: essentials that yes. if you go a day without it. That grocery store is empty. Right. Right. So Okay. So Walmart train is a catch all term for the essential goods. Yes.
1: But like we always, like we always use a joke. It's like, I, I can't remember if it was the one fifteen Cause we have train numbers on our computer that tells us that what's coming and going. If you try to get a block in front of the, in front of that train, like you try to get a block to do your job. Um, the RTC will not let you. It's like no, 115 is coming. That goes by, then we'll talk. So, what's a block? A block is like it's called an e top. It's a it's a permit. It's a positive protection from like signal to signal to where you can do your job, to where to where you can put on the track, and to where you
0: can go to work. Oh, so when you're about to do the maintenance, it's it's a one mile. So they sh- they shut down that mile.
1: They yes, they they shut down from just kind of signal to signal. It depends really what you need. If you gotta. Let's say you got to put on and you got to travel far where you're going to need a longer distance. If it's just like you're right next to the track, you can need a shorter distance. But like a lot of the, a lot of times the, the job is just uh, you're waiting because you have to wait for enough time in between trains in order to do your job. And sometimes, you know, the job can take an hour. The job could take 45 minutes this is where there's only like 20 minutes available which is, you know, you, you got to just wait.
0: So you're actually under time pressure.
1: Oh, yes. Oh, yeah.
0: So how do you handle that pressure?
1: I mean, you make sure everything's ready to go. You make sure your saw is gassed up. You make sure your tools are 100% ready to go. Kind of talk it over with your guys. Like, you know, just do have a job briefing, making sure everybody knows their, their job.
0: Oh, so everything's prepped. Everybody knows their role. Yes. And then you guys go, you know what you're doing. If
1: you got a good, yes. If you got a good crew and everybody shares a mind, Things can go like great, you know, Like, sometimes you need an hour and you got it done in like you know, 35 minutes, really. Yeah, but you accounted for
0: it. Yeah, oh, what happens if you go over the time that you have?
1: Well, basically, uh, trains train stop, you'll communicate with the RTC, uh, you'll let them know kind of what's happening. Like, I said, if it's like an important train and that thing stopped, like, I forget, I forget the ratio on like how many minutes to stop, what it cost them, but um. You'll communicate with the RTC, try and get it like like fixed up as quick as quick as you can, and get off the track. If it's taking longer, then our supervisors get called from like the chief, and then things get very hectic.
0: Oh, so you because you have to put a rush on it because that one fifteen is coming through. Yeah,
1: or or just or even even if you're, it doesn't always have to be one fifteen. It like when trains stack up, you're slowing down everything, right? Oh, it ripples, right? Yeah, and then and then like. Say you stop them long enough, like that's all the track time you're getting. You ain't getting on after that because then now they have to, now everything but everything is bunched up, and now
0: they have to let everything roll. Oh, they so, got to let that floodgate go, and right. now you've lost your, you've missed your window, right? So what do you mean the, what's the one fifteen? Is that a certain? What that's like
1: that? the the I I can't remember if it's the one fifteen or the one twelve. That's like the, the Walmart train or whatever.
0: Oh, and so it's not, that's the number of the Walmart train.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, like I said, you'll have numbers on our, on our computer. It shows us like the train lineups, where everything's going. You can calculate yourself You'd be like, okay, I got this train coming. Um, uh, This other train's going to the siding. This train's over there. So you can calculate yourself uh, how much time you think you're going to get. And then RTC will be like, okay, yeah, yeah, uh,
0: I can give you that. I can give you that block. okay yeah how long does it take to stop a train well that depends like in an emergency well uh, yeah i guess because you guys are on the the track and now you've gone over time but they
1: know they'll they'll their signals as they're approaching will tell them they'll be clear to stop their their signals will tell them to stop because they know their their uh, colors in their signals will tell them if they can go or they can't
0: okay so they already know you're there yes and they're, they're preparing for it
1: right but like there has been errors in the day and uh, guys have went over the limits and trains have went right through. Like it has happened, right? There has been errors and stuff. So yeah, it's a, it's a dangerous job.
0: Yeah. Who's gone right. So the train has gone right through because of the, the error in the operator and, and like in the signals they, they've went through. Yeah. Oh, cause they'll, they're supposed to shut down the signal, right. but it's gone through. Yeah, so they, the person reading the data doesn't know that he has to stop,
1: right? So, yeah, they've they've went through in the past, it, it hasn't happened much, it hasn't happened before, but it's not like a common thing. It's it's usually pretty, pretty safe. How do you double check it? Uh, look for headlights. Oh, really? you don't know, you don't know until it's like if they're you, you'll know if they're in your block because they're if they're incredibly
0: close and past the signal that you can see, they're in your block. So, so every time you set up a block you actually don't know if it's real
1: it like no it's you have positive protection i'm, I'm just saying like it has happened before in the 10 years that i've been there and never once has happened okay i'm just saying it has happened before yeah
0: what's positive protection
1: like that would be your positive protection is like is like a block so an, an etop so electronic track occupancy permit do you uh you communicate with the rtc and you you take that uh uh, through a computer, whereas a branch line, you do that all on radio, and then you you copy it out.
0: Oh, right. Yeah. So with this one, it's on the computer, it's set, It's set, Yeah. the other one's just over the radio. You right. tell them, and you write it down on a piece of paper.
1: Right. Okay. And it's, yeah, the etop is much faster, because at the same time, RTC doesn't, they don't really have time to talk on the radio to give you a block, because they have a lot of things going on. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. there's a lot. They have a large territory to cover, with like etops and and coming in at all, at all angles. Okay. Yes. So,
0: so more of the computers doing the work instead of a person answering. Right. So how many teams are there to maintain the track? So in a team. So let's I'll, I'll say
1: for the Sa- Saskatoon section. Uh, from the uh from Saskatoon, one crew will be east and one crew will be west. They usually we usually have a crew of three. Uh, sometimes sometimes more, sometimes less. Uh, sometimes we get some contractors to, uh, run boom truck for us and stuff when our stuff is broken down. Okay. What's boom truck? Like a boom truck. Uh, that's what I run. It's like a big triaxle semi-truck with a crane on the back. That's like, um, installing your rail for you. It's like, it makes our lives much easier because back in the day they didn't have that.
0: So three axles and it has a crane. Yep. And yeah. This- like
1: it, think of like a big, uh, long semi-truck. It's like, like a big flat bed with, uh, crow's nest uh crane and it like you pivot with it and it's yeah that's that's how you basically install your rail
0: Oh, what's a crow's nest crane
1: crow's nest crane is basically like you sit in a chair you have your joysticks uh you got your foot pedals and you move with the crane uh, other styles of, of boom trucks you'll have a remote and you're detached from the truck and you'll um you'll operate your your crane with your remote
0: Okay, but yeah. this one, you're right in it.
1: Yeah, you are one with the crane.
0: Oh. <laughs> you're moving with it and you got the bird's eye view, it's it's a much better system. Okay. You are right. a better vantage point. Right. I gotcha. What's a common thing that you're maintaining on the rail?
1: I guess okay, we can go like defects, we can have low spots in the track where that causes a lot of uh the train to kind of rock back and forth. So we gotta sometimes if it's too low, we have standards and stuff like that we gotta follow. But if it's too low, we got to bring that track up. We got to tamp rock underneath it. At this time of year, uh, fires are bad because you can get a lot. A lot of times, like trains can start fires. Hey, eh? uh, from the exhaust, sometimes they'll they'll uh, shoot out uh, sparks. Sometimes, and everything's so dry, and then it can cause it can cause fires along the track because everything, all the grass is dead and stuff like that. It's dry. So we gotta protect it from that. How do you protect it from flames? Flames, well, you basically gotta, we just had a fire over by the Gordie Howe Bridge on our side. Some guy was, some guy, I think, threw out, uh, I, either he threw out a cigarette or he, he. was I heard he was having a wiener roast fire. We're like, okay. So he, he caused like a big fire. So uh, we had to take a block. Like we have a positive protection on the uh for the track, and then so like the firefighting team can come in there and put out the fire. And
0: so, what do you do to, as a preventative measure?
1: Uh, well, back in the day, there was controlled burning. They used to burn burn the dead grass along the tracks, so you wouldn't have like these surprise fires. So, but now they don't do that. Now they just I don't know. It's kind of like a big surprise when a fire happens. You know. So I,
0: how do you know when a fire happens? And. In- or oh,
1: usually a trainer or train will report it or if we see it we'll you know rush to it type thing
0: so then you have to put that positive protection on and then the firefighters come deal with the fire yeah
1: if it's big enough you do we we call the firefighters if it's like if it's like a small fire we'll put it out we got like uh they're called weight jacks on the back of the truck it's like a basically a backpack with like a think of like a big super soaker gun Okay. And yeah. You're shooting
0: water or what do you shoot? Water. Yeah. With huh. some
1: mix in some fire foam there. So
0: Okay. And yeah. then if you put out the fire, what's left to do?
1: You gotta hang around there for a while because everything's still smoking and everything can kinda it can fire up again and it, it's happened before, right? If you get a little bit of wind and there's like there's some coals in there, it, it can it can happen again. So you it's gotta hang around you gotta hang around for a while. You know, all the spots that are smoking, make sure you just dump some more water on there and kind of supervise the area.
0: Ooh, where are you getting this water from?
1: Usually fill up your way jacks at at the tool house prior to leaving. And then, like, if you run out, I don't know, I've always, I've figured something out. I've went to some guy's house and just asked if I can use the garden house type thing.
0: Okay. Yeah. How much water do you normally carry with you
1: then? Basically have to have a minimum of two way jacks. So two, like, backpack, uh soaker things okay and how much do they carry not very much um (laughs) i don't know but it seems to do the job i guess like you're drinking water you know like those big jugs yeah it would carry about like three quarters of one of those
0: okay so three quarters of a collagen jug yeah okay yeah so around 14 liters ish yeah okay i gotcha and that's mixed with fire foam yeah what's the most memorable fire you've been to
1: well when i was working a walden gang a thermite gang and uh when it's dry out you know you got to cut the rail so sparks are going everywhere you got to grind the rail and then if you get a little wind uh the wind can carry those sparks and it can it can cause a fire like way away from you and then if it catches and you got a wind and you're not kind of quick enough yeah it can it can get away on you (laughs) and then like we've had we've called the fire department many times because it's It gets scary. It's like, oh man, I can't, like, it's, it's gone. Like you you can't, there's nothing you can do. So you've seen it go from that escalated quickly. Oh yeah. Like, like real fast. (laughs) Like I said, I would, I'd love to bring back controlled burning, like of the ditches and stuff, but I can't see it happening.
0: Okay. Yeah. What made them change it?
1: It got away on them one time to where I think it caught into a couple bushes and stuff. And then it was pretty bad and it took a while to put out. So after that, they kind of, they went away from it.
0: Oh, they might've considered it was a liability now. Yeah. What's your favorite kind of maintenance to do?
1: Uh, I would say the big projects. So we just did a crossing rehab at Allen and that track is going into the mine. So it wasn't the main line. We had tons of time. Uh, We had some, we had some contractors help us out uh, because they got the big heavy equipment and stuff. But basically, you got to take the, ch- uh, the track out of the highway. We got to put a new one in. We got to flood it with ballast. And then we put like uh, new, new cement in there. But I guess just the process and having everybody around and all that stuff. And it's kind of like a party. It, it, it's fun. It, it really is. It's, it's going to take all day. You're going to make some overtime. Usually, everything pl- is planned out good. It's not like rush, rush, rush. It's You can take your time and it's it's a process and by the by the end it's done it's like it's very satisfying type thing oh it's yeah like the crossing like for like a before and after is is awesome yeah just the visual change and you worked hard for it the visual the change team. the like when you drive over it it's not rough it's like smooth and we're going to be changing uh a whole bunch of crossings we have to upgrade like 51st street uh it's going to be all upgraded to um
0: cement panel crossings and it's going to be awesome. Oh, these are the crossings that the vehicle drives over. Right. Oh, that's what a crossing is. Yeah. Okay. What makes it so you have to update it? Cause like,
1: uh, back before they were putting hardwood ties in and that's just like, uh, it's a tie that's like really soaked in creosote. Like they last, but just not as long as like cement. And over time, the, from the vehicles driving over it and it, it wears down and it wears down and then it's rough. So we're, we're upgrading to cement it lasts much longer and it's much smoother. Uh, and then when we have to do maintenance underneath it, it's very easy to, to just take the cement out and do our job.
0: Oh, but before it was on
1: wood? The Yeah, the hardwood hardwood planks. And then they were very tough to get out. And they're just, they're not as good.
0: And what, what are they soaked in? What's that? Cre- creosote. What's that?
1: It's like a heavy kind of tar soot. They're soaked in that to last uh, long periods of time. Because if they're not... Cause we have, we have, uh, they're called softwoods that are not so concrete sewed and the lifespan on those are like three years. Whereas hardwood planks, you'll get a good five, six years
0: out of them. Oh really? Just by soaking it in that? Yeah. Yeah. These planks, they're not the railway ties that we see.
1: No, they're different engineered. So to where they do, they do fit into to the spot. They have holes pre-drilled. So where you just put your, your leg bolts down to drill into the ties underneath for the rail. Okay. so it's like secure. Yeah. Yeah. Yep.
0: Would you, what'd you mean when you said you flood it with the ballasts?
1: So the ballast, that's like your rock, that's your foundation. That's going to keep your track. Um, Cause when you, when you do a crossing rehab, you take, after you take the track out, you have a whole bunch of old ballast rock. And then we got to scoop that out. we got to install our panel. So it's like a big chunk of track. We install to the one side that we took out both sides and then it's got to be lower and then we flood it with ballast, and then a, a tamper—it's called—will we'll, i raise it up and tamp all the rock underneath it, and to make it solid.
0: So you put the rail in first, and then you tamp it. It raises the rail.
1: Yeah, yeah. You you gotta you gotta put your rock in first, and then like the tamper will come in. It'll lift it. It'll tamp it. And then you gotta keep doing pass. So like one pass, they'll put some more rock in, and then the tamper comes. It'll lift it up again and again to where exactly kind of where you need it. Yeah.
0: And then after that. You'll put the rail in.
1: Nope the the rail is already attached to that. After that, we're gonna put.
0: Wait, so what's the rail attached to?
1: The rail is attached to the our ties. So you have like your ties. So you think your your wood like all spaced out. Then you have your tie, uh, your rail, and then your fasteners. And then you can pick that up all as one. Okay, and then you put that on top. You put that where the track was taken out. So there's a big space in between. There's no track there. You're gonna tie that up with bars and bolts to the one side. Same thing to the other, and now that track is much lower.
0: Oh, it dips. Yes. Okay. So now, it's, it's a sagging kind of string there. Right.
1: And then we gotta we gotta put rock in there. We gotta. You can only put so much in, and then yeah, like I said, we gotta pick it up and then keep doing each passes to where you need it, exactly where you need it.
0: Oh, you're picking up the rail, so you're kind of just lifting it up a little bit, and then you put some more rock yeah tamp it down it's,
1: yeah the, ta- the tampers doing that it's like this big machine that yeah. does all the work for us what because back in the day it was like i'm talking like way back in the day it was just a lining bar and a hundred men gang and they would they would lift it themselves and tamp it with lining bars
0: what's a lining bar
1: J- uh just just think it's like a big long bar oh just, and they just keep tapping it yeah they until... would they would punch the rock in way back in the day They would do like everything would be by hand. It was it's something else like how they used to do things.
0: So a hundred men would hold that rail, that big section up, while more people were tamping it down by hand. Yeah,
1: they they would lift it and they would they would shovel in the ballast and then they would they would tamp it by hand.
0: Oh man! Yeah. And now this machine, this tamp machine, actually lifts it as it tamps.
1: It yeah, it lifts it. It'll lift it. It'll tamp it, and then like as it as it uh, keeps progressing. Oh, it kind
0: of just goes through sort of a conveyor belt where. It just feeds it out the back.
1: No, not quite. It's like uh, an excavator will come. They'll put the rock in. Uh, the broom will run by. And then the the, the tamper will, will lift it up. Just like a little bit, little bit, little bit. But it's each pass as it goes. It's. Uh, we had some guys that are training on there. So there was two extra guys that were training. So it took a little bit longer because he was just showing them controls. But uh, usually a spot like, uh, like a crossing rehab, it'll take about an hour and a half,
0: two hours. Ooh, and how long is, how wide is the crossing?
1: How wide is the crossing? That crossing we did was 95 feet.
0: Okay. Yeah. So 95 feet of track. Yep. And then what's the width of
1: the, the... width? Uh, what was it? And they were 10 foot ties. And then we had to go another two and a half feet out. Okay. Yeah, we had to go on another two and a half feet out just for, uh,
0: like, the cement goes in and then just a little bit of asphalt. Uh, so 15 feet wide and then yeah. 95 feet long. Yep. Yeah. And this tamp is going, and it just does section by section. Yep. And it takes about an hour to do the 95?
1: Uh, this this one took a little bit longer. It took, like, like yeah, cause he, just because he was training some guys, it took about two, two and a half hours. Okay. But, like... For us, that's like break time. <laughs> that's like, hey, you know, you can go have a seat, go have something to eat, make sure your tools are all ready to go for when they're done. And then when they're done, then we go in there and we cut it, we gotta finish the job with uh putting the cement in.
0: All right. So now it's all tamped down. It's all it's at the level you need it, and then you're just you're pouring the cement in? No, they're big
1: uh cement slabs that fit in the middle. They put these rubbers in, uh rubbers on the side, and then you you gotta soak it with dish soap. And then uh, they got chains, they come in, there's holes for them. Uh, we set it in place and then the bucket comes down and just nicely presses down and just fits like a, it like fits like a glove.
0: Oh, really? Yeah. That's like, the dish soap. Yeah. So that's the lubricant.
1: It's satisfying as hell when it goes in.
0: Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Does, it, does it just make, does it make that sound too? And it goes.
1: Yeah. Like a rubber fit snap. <laughs> like, oh. yeah. It that's all, satisfying. Yeah, you put the dish soap on and then just like each one that goes in, it's like ah oh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> when everything's laid out properly. Yeah. 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 So the, that's a railway crossing.
1: Railway crossing. Oh. We got lots more to do. So
0: yeah. yeah. You never think about that stuff. Yeah. Unless I guess they're really bumpy or
1: uh yeah, some were some are very yeah. bad. Like we've if if you find a a, a bumpy crossing that's really driving you nuts, there's a number on the side, usually um, on this, they'll be on like the signal, so like the the crossing box. Okay. Call it and give them hell.
0: Oh, and then they'll tell you guys. Well,
1: they'll they'll like if they get enough calls, they like usually like you know they put it on the list of, of like okay, that's got to get changed. Oh, I gotcha. Yeah.
0: So that's kind of a way to expedite that process, right? cool so then what's a typical day for you at work
1: Uh i get a wake up get to work we i always get in early i'm always like half hour early sometimes you can check your emails to know what you're doing for the day sometimes it'll be word of mouth of uh, if we've got lots going on i sometimes like to leave early uh just like hop in your truck if you know where you're going just get going a lot of guys you know sit around kind of chat for like half hour but like that gives you like a window go grab a coffee or a, a small breakfast if you want and then go to site uh kind of eye up your job uh look look and see what it's like for trains kind of get everything ready to go and then if you got time get her done if not playing the waiting game like the waiting game it sounds fun but after if if you got like days where you're waiting for trains like that's not fun and that's where you kind of got to take a risk like okay you know we're only gonna get 35 minutes or 30 minutes um it'll take us 40 let's try and like let's try and get it done Okay. Yeah. Cause
0: after a couple of days, it's kind of a hurry up and wait yeah. Kind Cause of y- you
1: don't want to be there after like day two or day three. It just, it drags on. Oh, I gotcha. So, yeah. You kind of want to be like, go be somewhere else and you know, like have another job on the list to cross off type thing.
0: Yeah. What's yeah. the worst job to do?
1: Well, I would say, well, I guess just an emergency in the, in the winter. Cause I've been called, I've been called, uh, I was like 11 at night It was like minus 35. Uh, We had a broken, we had a broken rail in the switch. Two guys, two guys were heading out. I had to grab the materials in my boom truck. I headed out. I got there. Like everything was seasoned up. My pumps were squealing. Uh, Hydraulic was bypassing all the seals because it's like syrup, right? And everything's just frozen. Uh, I had to stop three times cause like it was so cold. My, my fingertips, they split. Yeah, they, it was, it was, I went past like, oh, my fingers are cold. Okay. They're burning. And then uh, like, I pulled it out of the gloves and then like three of them like split. And then I had to go and warm up. I, I got the job done and yeah, it was like when it's that cold out and you're working against the elements and you can only like, you're trying to be ho- outside for like longer than 10 minutes, but like the colds, you know. What made you push past the point of pain and then I just wanted to get it done. I was like, like, let's get this done type thing and I just wanted to get out of there.
0: You got that focus on.
1: Yes. Yeah. Cause you wanna you want you wanna get the job done so the trains can trains can move. Um you didn't hold up any trains and everybody's happy.
0: So you take this job seriously. Oh yeah.
1: Yeah. I I I, I like the job. I like working for CN. It's fun. Like, you know, sometimes every job has, you know, things you don't like. There's a little bit of politics involved, but hey, that's kind of everywhere, right?
0: Yeah. So, but the perks outweigh the cons. Yeah. So what's the top perk for you?
1: Top perk? Um. Well, my previous job was like the oil rigs and like, man, you were like just not appreciated there. Like they like supervisors the stuff. They wouldn't even know your name. They didn't care. They would just kind of talk to you anyway, any which way they wanted to. Whereas like CN, it's, it's much more respect. You're treated much better. Um,
0: so they appreciate what you're doing. Yeah,
1: they do. They, they say thank you lots. They, it's there, it's, you, you feel appreciated there. That's cool. Yeah. So they
0: treat you as a human.
1: Right. So yeah, I, I, that, that would be like a, a top priority for me. Yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah. Cause you're doing, you're doing this difficult work that you have to be focused on. Yeah. And just that little bit. Yeah. Oh. Yeah,
1: yeah, you got to be focused, uh, especially because uh, like I myself have went out of my limits. So I was, I was on track and um, so basically think of it like a stop sign, like uh, like a red light, like on track. And like, I went past that point. So I was outside of my limits. So yeah, you got to be, you got to be focused. You got to be on the ball because you know, if you're rushing, if you're, you're not focused, yeah, bad things happen, man. So what's outside your limit? Okay, so, um, like I was talking to you, like we had a a positive work uh, protection. So, uh, like sometimes you got to do patrols. You got to like go patrol the track, you know, make sure everything's all good. So, I took a block from, let's say, mile one to mile eight. Uh, I was sharing the track with two other people. Two other people on the track, and then uh, uh, I was rushing. I got... I got, I got confused to where, no, no, no. I copied the wrong, uh, the wrong limits down. Cause I only had from mile eight, but I copied down to mile 16 and I went past and I, it was about, uh, I only, I only actually realized I was out uh, uh, when that other person that was on track that had a block two canceled and like the, the color went away and I thought that was my color. Cause like they have color coordinates of like, um, to where, uh, where you have the block on the, on your computer and it was, yeah, so don't rush. Don't yeah. And pay attention. I'll say that much.
0: How did you know you're rushing or what happened?
1: Um, like I was rushing cause I got, I got put, I was told to patrol the track. So I quickly, I wanted, I wanted to get the, the whole warming done. So 16 miles. And then I wanted to get on the main line and I wanted to get a good chunk done it was my first time like going to patrol and no don't do that just like if i would have took my time if i would have like you know took that extra second to look uh don't rush and stuff like that if i wasn't sure of something i should like i should have called and asked a lot of times it's sometimes the guy's too proud don't do that like you know and then after that uh RT, yeah, the RTC didn't actually know. They, they must have been doing something else. But yeah, I had to go for drug tests after that. Like they take you, yeah, immediately to a drug test. And then it's either you get shares or you get time off. So shares, uh 60 shares and you can be fired. My punishment was either uh, 30 shares or 30 days off. And they chose 30 days off, which was fine with me. That was a
0: nice holiday. So unpaid 30 days off. Yeah because yeah. you went three miles past yeah so, I, I yeah I went so past. what could have what could have happened
1: uh well if you think of it this way like i went past my limits uh train didn't know that so if the train was uh like train i could have ran in train could have ran it to me so
0: so you were in the middle of the track look and maintain and looking for things that need to be
1: yeah, I was yeah, I was doing the patrol, I was looking, I was yeah, patrolling the track and then it wasn't until that form cancelled then I realized I was out of my limits and I was like and then I took off immediately.
0: You're out of that safe positive protection right, zone. Right. By three miles.
1: By three miles. It sucks. It's it's embarrassing. You kinda don't want to show your face to the you know, when you go to the tool house, you don't want to show your face. But at the same time, you know what's crazy is you'll have you'll have formans, you'll have guys that worked at CN thirty years, twenty years five years, one year, uh, all the experience is there. And it doesn't matter what the experience, a lot of people go to their limits. We had three supervisors that were all in, uh, it's called a test car and they were taking blocks. They went out of their limits and there was like, there was like 40 years of experience there. So
0: So the limit, were you on foot or what were you?
1: No, I was, I was on, I was in a, in a, a truck going down the track.
0: Oh, in the middle though. You're on the track.
1: Yeah, I was on the track.
0: You're on the track in a, in, and you're do you're looking from the truck. Yep. So is it color of the text or how do you know that? Um,
1: it's- there was so there's basically there's like a chunk of track, and it's it's by signals, and it'll show like I guess my block was from signal one to eight, but the one guy had the whole sub, so his was blue, and then mine was like mine was orange. And I, I read the colors wrong because I thought I had the blue. I thought I had the whole block, but I only had up to mile eight.
0: Just because of that one color. You were supposed yeah. to be orange. Yeah. And so orange was only one to eight.
1: Yeah, orange was only one to eight and blue was he had the whole he had the whole uh the whole section of tracks so on mile one to sixteen. Yeah, he canceled his block, so he took off track, he cancels his TOP, and that's when I and that's when I realized Oh, oh shoot! I'm out of my limits.
0: Oh, because you thought you had the one to sixteen. Yeah,
1: it happens to the best of us. We just got we got to learn from our mistakes. So basically, what I learned from that: don't rush, don't be a hero. If you're not sure, call somebody. Just call somebody. Call your supervisor. Call call your buddy that has a little bit more experience than you. Don't be afraid to make that mistake.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: So those thirty days off, what'd you do? Thirty days off. Um, I sold my camper. <laughs> it was that would actually kind of worked out good timing. Oh, I spent some time with my mom. I helped my brother uh, set up uh, to get ready to go to work. Yeah, I kind of spent some time with some family. Uh, yeah, I traveled back to Manitoba.
0: Oh, cool. So you, you actually occupied your time and you were productive.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I only I only sat around, I think I, it was only like two days, and then I'm like, well, I got to do something. Nice. So How much did you beat yourself up? A lot. Oh, yeah, like a lot. Like, you constantly think about it. You're like, how could I let that happen? Like you've been working here long enough, man. You should know this. You should, you know, you, you really beat yourself up about it, but I don't know. Like uh, the guys at work, they they'll kind of make you kind of feel better about yourself. Like, Hey man, come on. It happens. It happens to the best of us. Right. Like we had one form in there 30 years, like last year, he went out of his limits. Right. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I know. So.
0: Oh, they're trying to all support you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. How'd you get over it?
1: As time goes on, you just got, you just accept it. you're just like, you know, it happened, move on from it, learn from your mistakes. Don't let it happen again. Nice. Yeah. So
0: now it's, you gotta be,
1: take your time. Yes. Don't rush. Cause like, I have that, I have that mentality that I just want to, I want to get things done fast and I want to, I want to get that whole track patrolled and I want to get another uh, chunk of track patrolled. So I'll have like, you know. I helped, or like, I'm pulling my way to the section. You can, it, it's really up to you. If you if you want to advance in the company and you want to learn things and, and take courses and stuff, you can. If you don't and you just want to swing a hammer, you can do that too. You can be the guy that knows nothing and makes a very good wage and doesn't have to worry about anything. Or you can be one of those guys that takes on, you know, more responsibility as you go. So what have you learned along this Um, so as time goes on, I bid like, I bid a track retainer truck driver position. I'm paid exactly as much as the foreman. So I'm getting the same wage as the foreman without all the responsibility. You know what I mean? Yeah. So at the same time, I still get, I still go and get all the courses that he has. If they're absent uh, a day, I I can go take a block and go do, go do work versus like a lot of guys that they don't want to go, go get extra training. They don't want to. And so, therefore, they don't really have much responsibilities. You get a higher wage, and you got free
0: training. I'm assuming.
1: Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, the company pays for everything. So, I know, I know, we, that's a no brainer. We often ask ourselves, or like, we see some guys that just don't want to advance; they just want to stay where they are. And so, so
0: this company, if you put in the work,
1: oh man, they they'll recognize it. There's, there's no end to how far you can climb the ladder. Like you can like after if you don't want to do it depends where your strengths and weaknesses are. So if you um let's just say you, you've done the labor part, but your more strength is in like uh, paperwork and managing. Well, there's a management spot for you there. You apply, uh is if they see you see you're a good candidate for the job, they'll uh, they'll give you a management job. From that management job, you can you can keep climbing the ladder and like, you know, a corporate ladder and you can you can do well for yourself. Uh, I have one, uh, my big boss there, um, our SME, he was a contractor and then he got hired on to CN and within five years, like he just, he caught on and advanced himself so quickly. He is now the SME. That's like the supervisor. He, he looks over all of our supervisors and that, that was like a five year span. So he went from not being in the company. To a top, contra- a contractor, so basically just swinging a hammer. To you top know, dog, in top five dog. years. Yeah, yeah. It like I said, depends where your strengths and weaknesses are. Right. Like if you if you're good with numbers, if you're good with paperwork, if you're good with managing, like management spot there is for you. If you're more of like the guy that, you know, you don't want to do that. You like the labor part. You like the you like the overtime. You like stuff like that. Hey, you can. There's lots of different labor jobs, machine operating, all that kind of stuff.
0: Oh, so yeah. what's your strength?
1: My strength, I would say, I like operating. So I like running my crane. I like. I don't like necessarily like being in charge all the time. It's just, I don't know. I can't. I don't like answering the phones and talking to everybody. It just drives me nuts.
0: You kind of want to do your own thing. Yeah, own I, schedule. I still
1: want to be. I still want to pull my weight, be a part of the team, but I don't want to be in charge of everything, especially if I'm getting paid as much as the guy that's in charge. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Some guys just like. She's just uh, you know, I'm in charge. I'm wearing the white the white hard hat. So
0: Okay, so some people want the power. Right. So wait, there's different color hard hats?
1: Yeah, so uh your white hard hats will be foremans and supervisors.
0: And then what color you wear? Yellow. And then what is there any other colors?
1: Uh yeah, mechanics have like a gray, but that's about it. They they don't have we don't have like the colors of the rainbow or anything like that. Oh,
0: I gotcha. Yeah. And what's the top dog wear?
1: just white okay just white.
0: so white yellow and then gray. gray gray and
1: then contractors they wear i don't know they wear all different types of hard hats what's your biggest weakness then biggest weakness probably being under a
0: lot of pressure i kind of crumble under pressure a lot of times are you sure because you yeah. just told me you have these big jobs you line them up you have the system you no no, no. like
1: i i help outlining those up like I'm like I'm not the foreman, right? The foreman will rearrange all that. I will I will be like the assistant to help out. So what kind of pressure? A lot of times the big uh, big tie gangs and steel gangs come, come into town. There's Steel Gang working out online and then you got like people running like forty twos and all that stuff, and then you're on track. You gotta communicate with other people on track to do to do work and stuff like that. And a lot of times it's just confusing and then I just Sometimes I just crumble
0: under pressure. Oh, the overstimulation? Yeah, the overstimulation. Yeah, that's oh, that's a better word for it. I gotcha. Yeah. So it's not actually the pressure. It's just all this information from all these varying sources. Yeah.
1: It, yeah, basically, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I gotcha. So what are forty twos? Forty twos like a rule forty two. That's like uh that's another type of prote- protection. So you'll run you have to notify the rtc i think it's 24 hours prior your flags will go up trains will be notified so they'll contact you say you're doing a work on just a chunk of track so a trains gonna have to call the foreman that's running the 42 they will call them hello foreman bernani approaching your rule 42 what are your instructions and so like you'll contact them either like either you can let them by or you can't, like sometimes you'll have the guys working. Maybe you need to clear the guys off the track. Hey guys, uh, clear the track and let the train go through. Uh, or sometimes like the guys won't be working on the track and then you can just clear them right through. So it's like there's different these different forms of protection. And with a 42, that means you just got to call it 24 hours ahead. Uh 24 hours ahead, your signals must be in place by the 24th hour. And then you have so many hours and then the uh, flags have to come down and then it's over. There's like a, yeah, there's a span to, to it. So what are the flags? So there'll be a yellow over red. The one flag has to be two miles away from your working area. And then your yellow flag, uh, I forget, uh, so many so many miles away from that one. Yeah. And then the train will see, they'll also, they'll have it in their notes that uh, you are running a, a row 42. So they know what's coming. Plus they'll see the flags and then that's when they contact you, the, the the foreman that's running it.
0: All right, all right. Yeah. Hey, sometimes I see these big piles of railway ties on the side of the road. What's going on there? So, uh, either they're new or they're old. So basically, <laughs> if they're if they got
1: a big pile there, um, they'll usually just dump them off. If they're new, they're gonna spread them out in order to change the ties. To wherever they need to be changed if they're like old ties it's the ones that are yanked out and they're kind of bunched up and they're ready to get like kind of hauled out but you got a lot of people i get that question like a lot of time from random people like kind of out in the country and they're like hey i seen a big pile of ties there uh what are you doing with those i'm like well if they're brand new we're probably putting them in track but if they're used i was like just we haul them away into a garbage site anyhow so
0: they're gonna be dumped anyways yeah yeah so. So, so what are you talking about this? There's the iron gang and then there's the tie gang.
1: Yeah. So you got a steel gang. It's like a big gang with all different types of machines to thread the rail in, adds the ties, prep the track in order to get the to the rail in. That runs all year round. And then you'll have the tie gang, same thing, a whole line of kind of convoy of machines and workers and laborers and stuff to uh, replace the ties. I worked the tie gang for one cycle. Uh, I didn't like it. It's it was just production assembly line, so it's it's the same thing over and over and over for like I don't know as long as you block Sometimes you are on the branch line, so like 14 hours. Oh, just same thing, replacing same those thing. ties. Yeah, same thing. But you know what? A lot of guys enjoy it. A lot of guys they don't want to deal with like the section like where I work because it's like different jobs all the time. A lot of guys just want to they build up enough seniority to where they get a nice machine. They operate their machine. They work like a nine in five schedule and they're happy with that. Their sole job is just replacing the ties. The same, same thing over and over, but Hey,
0: they can get pretty efficient at it probably. The, oh yeah.
1: Yeah. They'll, uh, when I was on there, we changed like 6,000 ties in one day. Yeah. Four,
0: that's 14 hours, 14 hours. Yeah. 6,000.
1: 6, yeah. That's on, that's like on the branch lines, right? Where there's like not much for traffic. You would never get that on the main line. Cause there's right? not a
0: large chunk of time. E, right.
1: There's always, there's always trains. Yeah. I, I didn't enjoy that, that production assembly line
0: work. It wasn't for me. Oh, that's killer. Yeah. So what surprised you when you started working for CN?
1: Well, believe it or not, I started in Saskatoon. I got a call from CN. I went and did my training and then I came uh, directly to CN. And then like, that's that I was coming like fresh from the oil rigs and like we hop in this truck and there wasn't much going on like it it was a colder night and i was i was on a welding on the welding gang and then like they took me over like for breakfast and i'm like looking around i'm like are are we getting paid for this they all look at me They're like yeah and i like i just couldn't believe it and then like all throughout the day i was like i was like waiting next to like i'm waiting i'm sitting and i'm like i look at the guys i'm like are are we getting paid for this they're like yes I just like I don't know I just couldn't believe it because if like like when I worked through rigs if you stopped for like five minutes you'd get like screamed at you know what I mean? <laughs> no, I don't know what you mean. So uh, <laughs> yeah, it was yeah that I think that surprised me the most when it came to CN, and then plus I guess the uh, respect like I like I talked about earlier.
0: Yeah. So they appreciate you. Yeah. And they they actually pay you what you're worth then.
1: Yeah yeah they do uh, we get we get uh, wage increased every year.
0: Awesome. Yeah. But I'm just saying even when you're resting they understand rest is necessary and they understand that there yeah is going to be a slower time Yep. Yeah. yeah yeah so what made you leave the rigs
1: the rigs oh uh well the the money was obviously that would that's what keeps you there because you don't like the work is it's fun for a while but holy man that that wears down the body quick you're working your butt off a lot of times like you're making a big wage but you're earning every penny of it um I was, I applied at CN a bunch of times, I I think a total of like five times. And then I got this random number when I was on days off when I was working rigs. And I thought it was my rig calling me to come in to work. And I was like, "Ah, I'm not going to answer that. I was like, but I better. And then I, and then I answered it and sure enough, it was CN and I was like, oh, and they just did like an over the phone interview. Uh, If you pass that, then you, yeah, you go for your medical and and all that stuff. You gotta be you gotta be fit to uh to work there. We've had guys that couldn't pass medical. Yeah, like yeah, a lot of guys with like high blood pressure. Um you gotta like pick and carry some weight. They couldn't do it. So I think it for right there, if you can't do that, then drop's not for you. You know so like, what would make it so the job's for you. What do you need to be able to well, do? I like like if you would see the physical itself, like you'd be like, okay, this is nothing. And if you can't pass like they want you to like pick up fifty pounds and just like walk with it, to, to see if you're fit enough for the job, just
0: to make sure you're not going to die on yeah. the job. Yeah, and the like bare lot- minimum though, there's no physical test other than that. Pick up fifty pounds, right. walk with it. Th- that's it. Because like a lot of a
1: lot of the equipment we have at work, like it's heavy stuff, man. It's it's very heavy. So I think t- to work at CN, you got to be the the minimum has to be that. You said it takes a physical toll on you on the rigs. How's that compared to CN? Oh, well, no, no, CN's nowhere near as bad. Nowhere near as bad. But you're still working. You're still, yeah, you're still working. Don't, don't, don't get, don't get me wrong. You are still working hard a lot of days where it's like, go, go, go. But compared to the oil rigs, like no way. Like they're working 12 hours a day. You know, you're like, you're soaked a lot of times in all different types of weather. So you're working outside on the rigs? Yeah. What are you doing? We're, well, we're drilling, we're drilling in the earth. You got to like put pipe in the ground, like take it out. You have to install casing. You have to, like, you have to clean the rig. You have to maintain the rig. You have to, um, and with there, it's no, there is no, like, slacking off and, oh, I'm just going to do so much. No, 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 They, like, if you're not working, they sense that, and then they just kind of run you off.
0: Oh, they'll fire you.
1: Yeah, yeah, they'll, they'll let you go. It's not, like, there's no union there. Yeah, if you're not, you're not pulling your weight, goodbye.
0: So when you're at the rigs, you're in charge of drilling the hole down.
1: Yep. Oh, uh, no, sorry, not me. I, like, when you start off, you start off as, like, it goes Elise hand, roughneck, motor hand, derrick hand, driller. So when you start, Elise hand is basically, well, you're basically, like, a janitor. You're cleaning the rig. You're kind of, you're the hand that helps out. Until you know enough about the rig, you understand it enough to where you can move to roughneck. Roughneck... Oh, hold on, let me stop you. What's the sole purpose of this rig? To drill a hole the earth so we can pump out oil or natural gas okay so oh, we got good. the lease hand that's like you got to show that like hey you can clean this rig you know what's going on you're a part of the team and then like when they when there's a spot open then they'll maybe promote you to roughneck roughneck is like you're running the the tongs like the big wrenches. what are these big wrenches big wrenches so think of them like uh like a big huge wrench like on a counterweight and then you're using those to uh, tighten up like the drill pipe that send it uh, down down into the earth and like you'll drill like 3200 meters sometimes so it that's a lot of that's a lot of pipe to go in the earth
0: 3200 meters yeah
1: yeah it's that's that's, that's long. a lot
0: and you're gonna tighten yeah your job is just to tighten those together
1: you're yeah you're it, what it was is it's called it was called tripping in so you're tripping in the pipe in the hole and you work with the motor hand. Uh, You work together, you run the wrenches and and all that stuff to, uh, yeah, send the pipe down the hole.
0: How big is this hole?
1: There's surface, intermediate, and production. So surface, we're north, we're running like 18-inch pipe, so the surface casing. And then that why it's down to, oh, I believe it was like 10-inch. And then after that, it was like a 6-inch. But you start at 18. You start at 18, yeah. Like you drill, like your surface is gonna be your big heavy stuff. And then you set your casing so you're like think of it like a big steel pipe so the hole doesn't collapse in on itself. So the surface one goes thirty two hundred meters down. No, so the surface will only be I, I could only be like fifteen hundred meters, and then your intermediate will be so far, and then your production is so far. Okay. But it kind of telescopes out. Yeah, the end of the end of like uh T D so total depth will be that it was like thirty-two hundred meters, so that was a lot of a lot of pipe in and out of the hole.
0: So what made it so they had to do it that way? What do you mean? So they had to do the surface for fifteen hundred at eighteen inches, and then they um, had to do the intermediate at ten inches. That is because you have different formations uh, when
1: you're going through when you're going through the earth. So you'll have like like the surface will be kind of muddy, rocky kind of stuff. And then your your intermediate will be like another different formation and won't be as rough. And then your last your last leg, the production casing will be like when, when we were up north there. It was like a it was like a sand. It was like a real. It's it's really easy to drill through that. So it was like
0: oh, you didn't need anything big for that.
1: Yeah, like the engineer he decides like how to how to engineer that uh, for the production intermediate and surface for depths. So then you do lease lease hand. Roughneck. Rough neck. Motorhand. Motorhand still runs you run the wrenches. Uh I ran the loader. Uh you look after all the oil changes and maintenance of the engines.
0: The engines that control the rig? Yeah. So okay. you have
1: like a floor motor, your generators, your uh pump motors, your second pump motor. So you're in charge of that. You're in charge of like making sure pipe is like ready to go or casing. Yeah, I made I made it to motor hand and then I got and then I got a call from the rigs. But it was kinda it was it was a really good decision. I also I also missed. Um, there was a show, License to Drill. When I when I quit the rigs the first time, all the guys like all the, like when I quit, all of them called me and they're like, "Hey, like come back, like the job is here if you want." uh because I know I, I left on bad terms and it was it wasn't good. This was prior prior to the call. Um, this is the first time I quit the rigs and then I went back. Um, they all, they all called me and they're like, license to drill is at our rig. And I'm like, man, shut up. And they're like, no, I swear to God, man, that they're here. Like your job's here if you want. I was like, yeah, okay, man. Sure. License to drill is there. He's like, watch TV in a year and we're on license to drill. And sure enough, right. As I quit license drill came to that rig and they, and they filmed my crew that I was working with. So I missed oh. my missed my time on TV there, <laughs> and the, not only that, the guy that replaced me, his name was Jesse. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> they found a copy. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I, I I I seriously didn't believe him when they when he said that. I was like, "There's no way." And then sure enough, like License Drill, the episode came on, and it was all them.
0: What a bit of timing.
1: Yeah, I know. How'd you know you were gonna leave? I uh, I quit the first time. Um, I I think I was. I was wanting, I was wanting to, I was wanting to do something else. And then I had like a whole pile of money from working and I'm like, I'm like, ah, whatever. And then like that whole winter, I just went like snowboarding and didn't work. And I just had, then I ran out of funds and then I called the rigs back and then I went rigging again. And then what made you quit the second time?
0: Oh, it was the call from CN. No, but what made you decide you're going to quit the second time?
1: Oh, I knew that uh, CN was, um, it was steady work. It was better work. It was more of a career than, than the oil rigs.
0: Where'd you come across that information?
1: My buddies that work at, at CN. Oh, okay. So you had yep. friends there first yep. and they were pumping it up. Yep. They, I was seeing what like they were doing and stuff. And yeah, a bunch of them going on to CN. And then I really wanted to get on. So I, I applied a bunch of times. And then sure enough, I got that call. So it was good. <laughs> you didn't stop. No, no. I, I was like, I was like, if I want, I can come back to the rigs. Like I can't just like pass up that opportunity. Oh, because the rigs are always there. They're always hiring. Yeah, they're always coming and coming and going, hiring. You know, like they don't work a lot. You know, they they shut down lots too. Hey, and depends depends on like what our oil and gas is doing too. Like you know.
0: Yeah, so you're not getting treated well up there, and it's not steady.
1: Yeah, and I've had I've had family that's worked on oil rigs their like their entire lives and they wouldn't recommend it they just kind of they you do it long enough to where it's like the only thing you know and then you're just stuck in that life right cuz like you do it long enough you're making that money you can't accept anything less than that you can't accept like a lower paycheck even if that even if that's like hey you take this job you're going to be home it's like well no i make all you know i make all this money when it's like really
0: it's it's not worth it yeah you set the bench too high yeah of you yeah
1: like to, to constantly be away all the time, you know, yeah. hey, you're, you're living on the road and.
0: How'd you make that switch from taking a lower wage then? Uh,
1: oh yeah, it was, it was, it was a big hit at first because like, yeah, when I got my first paycheck to I was like, oh man, I can't make this work. I was like, I, I, I was like, no, I'm going back to the regs and then I just, and then I'm like, okay, well, you know, maybe just lower your standard of living and, you know, and <laughs> not spend so much money and, you know, that type
0: thing. What we spend all this money on?
1: Oh, new trucks and toys and all that stuff. You spend your money on when you work at oil rigs. Like you make big money, but you also spend big money, right? Too, right? Oh, so it's yeah. just it's goes More, hand in hand. So you could go broke. Oh yeah, a lot. Like a lot of guys that worked on the rigs. I I only met one guy that had money out there. One guy. He he invested his money. He had some rental properties. He. You know, he invested into companies like stocks and stuff like that. That was, I, it was one guy, all of the other, all the other guys were broke. Huge money, but it goes as fast as, faster than they make it. So money management. So did you learn that at the, afterwards? I learned it. Yeah. I learned it at CN. I'm like, okay, I'm not making big money and I, I'm sorry. I'm not making as much as I was on the oil rig, So just, you know, just adjust. Yeah. Lower your standard of living. What's Con- the best toy you bought? Oh, I bought some sedus. <laughs> A pair? <laughs> yeah, I, my dad was going to sell me his boat at the time, but then I got really drunk one day and then and then he's like he got mad. He's like I'm not selling you this boat. You're going to kill yourself. I was like, "Okay, I'll show you." And then uh, and then like the next day I went and bought these very fast supercharged uh, sedus. I'm like, "Yeah, I don't need your boat." <laughs>
0: that'll show them. yeah
1: yeah that was probably the most expensive toy i've owned but they they were a lot of fun a lot of fun i'd always like invite uh friends over to the lake and stuff and you know I'd pull them for tubes and we'd have like beach fires and stuff like that it was it was a lot of fun so it was worth
0: it oh yeah
1: yeah they were worth it <laughs>
0: yeah what's a purchase you regret
1: new new trucks yeah they're now, like nowadays, like with the vehicle, with vehicles, they, they make it too easy for people to get into a, like a brand new vehicle. And, uh, oh, the last vehicle I bought, it was like a 2019 Ram limited, like they're, they're so overpriced. And then you saw you, you do the payment plan for like years, right? Like an eight year term. Like if you do that, like they had a, they had a show, they said like, if you, if you finance a vehicle for that long, you can't afford it. And it's true. You can't. By the time you're done paying that off, the vehicle's not worth much. And then you're usually trading it off to get another one. And just... So my worst purchase was probably that truck. It was it was so expensive, but I paid it off much quicker than the term took. I paid it off in two years instead of eight. And so no vehicle payments, no credit card payments. So like I kind of got away from that payment world. Oh, so yeah. you have
0: no debt and you just crushed it out after...
1: Yeah. No, no debt. Like I'm, I'm going to, I have, I'm all geared up to buy a, a house here soon, but I'm just kind of waiting for the right moment. You know, got a decent down, down payment and stuff, but yeah, no, no vehicle payments and credit card debt or anything like that. So. Man. Yeah. You've done it right. Yeah. Well, it, it, like, don't get me wrong. Like in, the, in my twenties, I, I played that payment game. Like after, you know, I hit 30 and I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. You know, how'd you decide to stop? I guess it was just, you know, when you like you you're working hard, you're you're doing all that overtime and stuff like that, and then you start. What I did, what I did, that's what I did is I started calculating the interest I was paying. So you know, you got uh, a loan out for a vehicle, you got a little bit of credit card debt, you got, um, uh, you know, a loan out on this toy, and then I started like calculating up that interest, and I was like, man, like month after month, I'm paying this. Like this is crazy. I. I don't want to do this anymore like now i have it if i want something i'll save up 100 percent of it and buy it How does it feel contrast to what you're doing before way better way better because i know like when i buy it i own it it's it's mine instead of like signing papers paying like a very large interest rate for something it's just doesn't it doesn't appeal to me anymore does it feel better to wait yes it does and then yeah and then you know what but maybe by the time by the time, a lot of times I've saved up to maybe where I wanted to buy something, and then I it took second thoughts, and I'm like, you know what, I don't need that item, you know. So it's it's better. Like I I feel like that's what people used to do back in the days, right? Like they used to people used to save up for for things that they wanted instead of just going purchasing everything on credit.
0: Yeah. So yeah. now you're just saving up to do a house.
1: Uh, yeah. Well, I'm all I got a I got my down payment and all that stuff. I'm really just hunting right now for like the perfect one. Oh, and there's no rush there's no rush you know yeah so yeah you really took that lesson to heart of take I, your did. Time. I did i did man. i really did i'm just like i'm not i'm not doing this payment plan thing anymore and also in a way i kind of i feel a little bit more wealthy with not owing so much money all the time yeah for for all your items you know what i mean
0: yeah definitely yeah do you know what the definition of wealth is what's that how long you can go without an income.
1: Yes. Yes. I've calculated it up. I can actually go uh, a couple years without work.
0: Hell yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I feel good about that. Yeah. Man, you turned it around. I did. Yeah. Oh, that's unreal. Yeah. All right, man, should we call it? Yeah.
1: Sounds good.